Greetings. Welcome to Sippin' Tea with D. This is your host, Deirdre Simmons. Thank you for joining us this evening. As parents and guardians, we want the best for our children. We do our best to guide and aid them in their endeavors. And sometimes this can be difficult as our children, in particular our teens and young adults, are faced with insurmountable odds. However, sometimes all it takes is just one person, one voice to push forward and stand in the gap for our youth. In 1995, Judith D. Mornay McDaniel was that person with an abundance of experience working with youth in the foster care system. She felt that if given the proper tools, these kids could be and do so much more. So she talked to them. She listened even more and not just to where they were, but who they wanted to be. What were their goals? What were their aspirations? And at that time, with no knowledge of how to start a nonprofit organization, she reached out to her mentor. She used her resources and guided by her passion, she began what is now known as Teenagers in Charge. Through Teenagers in Charge, Judith, along with some of her more qualified friends, became facilitators, a support system for youth who just wanted to take charge of their own lives despite their circumstances. And with a presence of over 25 years in the community, TIC has done just that. I want you to move in closer, bring your teens along, or if you have students in middle school, and just take a listen to how Judith, along with Teenagers in Charge, has impacted our community, and not just through mentoring programs, but how they've been able to stay a main staple in our community after so many years. Even with changes in social media, changes in our racial climate, they've still been able to remain strong. Take a listen to Judith D. Mornay McDaniel. This evening, we're joined by author, community activist, entrepreneur, humanitarian, executive director, and founder of Teenagers in Charge, Ms. Judith D. Mornay McDaniel. Ms. McDaniel, welcome to Sippin' Tea with D. How are you this evening? I am awesome. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm so glad to have you. Um, I want to uh, share with our listeners um, some of the great work that you do uh, as a community activist, um, in particular, uh, working with uh, our youth. Um, I think that, uh, especially in these days and times, it's such a, a great uh, 
great opportunity to help build up our young people uh, as we're facing so many things uh, on the political realm, as well as uh, as a society as a whole. And um, the, the, the work that you do, the passion that you have for children, youth and families um, is something that uh, you know, you've been do- doing for quite some time, which extends about two decades. Yes. So um, I want to talk about, um, before we get started and delve into all of that, uh, I have to ask you, uh, what tea are you drinking this evening? I have a little Earl Grey tea here tonight. So what do you have? Actually, I'm drinking one of my favorite by Stash. And I'm drinking ginger peach. That's the flavor I'm drinking tonight. Yes. Oh, that sounds really good. I'm a ginger fan. Oh, oh, you would love this one then. Yes. I'm going to have to give that a try. So, um, so we both have our tea and then we're going to share a bit of tea here tonight. Okay. Uh, Starting with talking. (laughs) Yes. Cheers. (laughs) Talking about teenagers in charge. Um, or uh, can I refer to it as TIC? Yes. Okay. So talking about TIC, uh, you established this uh, organization, a nonprofit organization, which was established in 1995. Yes. Um, you know, as I stated a few minutes ago, um, you have a passion for working with children, youth and families. Um, I know you've done some work in the foster care system, as well as with the juvenile justice, excuse me, justice uh, system and public as well as in public health uh, in the Philadelphia area. And I just think that um, it would be if, if you just share with our listeners a little bit of, you know, where does this uh passion that you have for our youth where does it derive from so um thank you so much first of all for having me and giving me the platform to discuss what I absolutely love um, oh you're welcome thank you so much and working with children youth and families and so um the idea and the passion actually came from um years ago um in the early 90s Um, I actually had an opportunity to serve as a foster care case worker. Okay. okay? Not social worker, but case worker, meaning I had a number of different cases on my caseload, if you will, of um, children from really birth zero to six, newborn to six-year-olds. And um, the goal at the time where I worked at this uh, foster care agency was to basically help to reunify families of um, children who were in foster care and they had visits with their biological parents. Mm -hmm. And so my role was to basically make sure that um, I coordinated the visits. In doing so... Um, One of the things that I had noticed or couldn't help to notice Mm -hmm. um, were the number of school age children and high school children who were not only coming in to basically have visits with their families, but they were sadly coming in as a result of that foster home not really being a good fit for them. And so as a result of that, those children or young adults ended up having to be removed from a foster home that they actually just got placed in last week. And then this week, they had to be placed again in another foster home because it wasn't a good fit. And so that was a little bit 
disturbing to me mm-hmm. um, because during that time in the early 90s, um, there were many homes that were available for young children, zero to six. However, there were fewer homes that were made available for school age and high school students. So typically what happens is that when in fact, there are no more homes for these young people to go to, Mm -hmm. they would then have to be moved to a group home. And many of them do not survive group homes and then they become institutionalized. And so as a result of all of that, of what I just shared with you, Mm -hmm. um, many times um, you have suicide attempts, you have um, a lot of abuse and neglect, Mm. um, you have a number of um, homelessness and sex trafficking. And so I um, wanted to dig deep and really um, find out more about the individual versus the actual situation that actually brought them back to the uh, juvenile justice center and um and I became and I just really casually started having conversations with them um just basically showing them that I really cared Mm -hmm. um wanting to find out more about not what happened but who are you what are your interests um how can I be of support to you know you um loving the passion of art and loving the passion of music and loving the passion of wanting to be an entrepreneur and those relationships with these young people um began to form in a different direction where I felt that you know what I don't want to be a part of um, the problem but really want to be part of the solution so, so you felt like being a uh, I'm sorry you felt like by uh, getting to know these uh, teenagers directly getting to know who they were as individuals and helping to develop that as opposed to trying to address what was going on um, or how they ended up being in the system, but mm-hmm. getting to know them as individuals and helping to develop them yes. would also essentially help to uh, help them to function yes. and developing okay in society. All right. Yes, absolutely. Okay. And and with that, um, what I found was a lot of interesting things about the individual versus why did they come into foster care in the first place? Mm-hmm. And so. Um, I just started having a conversation just like you and I are having a conversation with these individuals and, um, and found out some really interesting things, you know, found out that, you know, they were artists and they um, were musicians. Um, they actually, um, you know, wanted to have someone to really get to know who they were versus treat them um, you know, differently as a Based result on their of their circumstances. Yes. Right. Yes. Okay. Okay. Yes. What's so interesting about that is um, the fact that you would take the time to even listen, you know, everyone wants someone to listen to them. Exactly. And I think by you taking the initiative to develop those relationships, they felt like they were being heard Absolutely. and they weren't just, a, you know, um, you weren't looking at them based on their on their circumstances, but more so uh, who they were as uh, individuals. Correct. Mm-hmm. And um, and so with that being said, um, that's when the 
thirst of me really wanting to help them Mm -hmm. started to be formed in such a way where I started talking to them and and forged some positive relationships with them and started um, asking myself, um, because I was a young, um, you know, just a, a young student who had just gotten out of college and was very thirsty and wanting to be a community activist and wanting to mm. change, you know, like some of the issues and um, that plagued our community. And so with that, I felt like, you know what, you know, um, what would it actually look like if young people could learn how to take charge of themselves? Oftentimes as adults and, and parents, even though I was not one at the time, um, I always felt that young people um they were their voices were muted and they always had to listen to an adult but no one really took the time to find out what they wanted to do who they were and that's what i ended up doing just taking that time to find out who they were who they what were they, Yes, who they were, what mm-hmm. they wanted to do, what their interests were. And then I started simply asking, well, wh- how would you like to be in charge of a program where you would be, you know, responsible in, for yourself and also holding your peers accountable? So hence the name Teenagers in Charge. Mm. And yes, so that's actually how I even came up with the name. I said, I asked myself, what would it what would it look like if a teen could be in charge? So that's actually like it was so organic how the whole name came about. Right. And and then um, and so I just started like jotting down um ideas that they gave me on what would they like to see if they were a part of a program such as that. So and you use your conversations with I the teens to find out what, what, you know, what their concerns and what their interests were. Yes. And, and, and at the time, um, there were very few programs for middle school and high school youth. And then mm-hmm. there was no one doing um, mentoring because mentoring um, in the 90s was a new word that was used heavily um, to help the um, children and youth but again um, there were very few very few services for young people like teenagers and so I um, back then went to my mentor um, Stanley Vaughn who is no longer here with us but at the time I, I went to him and I, mm-hmm. I shared my idea um, literally th- it happened just like this in January in 1995 okay. I, went to, I went to him and I shared the concept and I said you know this is what I would like to do and then he says oh my god Judy that's an awesome idea and he says well when would you like to get started and so I'm a planner. And I said, well, maybe about a year from now. And then, um, you know, giving myself a year to kind of put it all together. This is a true story. And then he says, well, that's a bit premature. Don't you hmm. think? And I said, no. I said, now, what was I he grew- referring to when he said that was premature in terms of the, the- time frame? the organization and and the the time frame that I told him of why I wanted to come in a whole year in advance to get it together. And so he then convinced me um, because there were um, at the time, again, I was forming a nonprofit. Right. um, 
there's money involved in writing grants. Um, so when you form a nonprofit, you know, you can apply for grant dollars. So have you had experience prior to that writing grants or anything? Never. Okay. So this this is this is one of the things that I wanted to share this that was so organic and it was just a sin that this was supposed to happen. Right. So I shared the idea with him in January. He's he convinced me that I need to write for this grant. Um, he gave me samples of what different grants would look like to your point, because I had never written a grant before. And um, so I used those samples and I had already had the idea of how it would uh, be laid out. And from January is when I shared the idea with him and I launched the idea in May and I received wow. five, yes, and I, I received a $5,000 grant from the Philadelphia Hope Fund. Oh, that is awesome. <laughs> so it took you, I mean, you went Five from, <laughs> yeah, you literally went from the conception of the idea, yes. sharing it with your mentor, uh, being presented with packaging and, and trying to present it through uh, accessing a grant that you had, had no experience with to literally launching your idea. And five months, and we had 30 youth who basically participated and we interviewed them as well as um, got to know their parents. I had a logo. Um, I had everything in place in five months. Now, where were, uh, how did you uh, determine what youth would be involved? How did you get youth to participate? So um, there were um, a series of questions um, mm -hmm. that I actually um, put together. And then I also, during that time, I knew that there were some adults um, or young adults or in my my age group, because mm -hmm. um, like I said, I was in my 20s mm -hmm. and they um, I wanted them to be a part of it. So I invited them to a quote unquote, a, a party that I told them that I was having. And um, I told them, you know, that this is a, a celebration. And then when they came to the house, um, that's when I told them that they um, were recruited and they have the gift from me to become a mentor because um, I have watched their journey and I believe that they have everything that it takes to become a mentor. Um, we went through an entire training process with them. And, um, and then at the time I, um, I lived in um, West Philadelphia. Mm -hmm. So um, I had everyone um, kind of do some research for me as to where I wanted to have the actual um program itself and so we ended up having our program at Sarah Recreational Center and we um, advertised we did grassroots um, advertising like literally hitting the ground running printing flyers posting them up in different places libraries schools um, health centers the gallery back then um, where anywhere where teens actually hung out and okay then, and then at and then though and then we left a phone number for them to call and then when those individuals call again grassroots actually went to their house and did an interview with them 
and got to see, you know, if they were interested. And then based on that process, um, if it if they were ready to move to the next phase, which was give them an application, um, we provided them with the application. And then if they gave it back to us, then we pretty much knew that they were solid. And okay. we had literally had, and I still have the, these photos, 30 young people who went through the process and they were teenagers who said, yes, we are committed and we want to be a part of this organization. It That's was fantastic to even hear that yeah. they would take that type of interest. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, oftentimes when it comes to our young people, um, that, you know, sometimes we feel like they may not be uh, willing to actively participate. So what, what sort, sorts of things did you guys do to, uh, I mean, I know you went to, you know, you did all this um, grassroots in terms of recruiting them, but I mean, did you offer any incentives? Oh, um, sure. Okay, yes. okay, okay. Yes. Okay. So, um, so yes. So what I ended up having to do is, again, everything was um, youth-based, mm-hmm. uh, their ideas, the agenda, the platform. And so what I did was I um, knew that transportation was going to be an issue. Okay. So because what we wanted to do was make sure that children, so I wanted, let me go back. I did not want any excuses as to why a young person could not participate. So then when we looked at the different factors that may cause them to not come to the program, we looked at food. So um, the program hours were from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. on um, Saturdays um, morning. Um, to afternoon so that meant that they they're going to be hungry when they come exactly, there exactly exactly <laughs> so we had to have continental breakfast they're going to stay with us for lunch so we had to make sure we fed them and right. we didn't want to we wanted to make sure that they did not have um, any issues with transportation so we had money for tokens and oh, then nice. yeah we did all of those things and then and then another thing that we did is, of course, young people want to go on trips. Of so course. Yeah. <laughs> of course. So those An opportunity to get out of their neighborhood exactly. or to go somewhere exciting. So, yeah, it's a mm-hmm. way to hang out with their friends. Yes. yes. So those are all that those are all great things. Um, and, you know, the again, the fact that you were able to get 30 people initially and willing to participate. Now, what would you say uh, in is the was the mission because uh, I know that oh, uh, sure. you have to establish a mm-hmm. mission for uh, TIC. Yes. What is the mission? So the mission um, for teenagers is in charge is to help teens build their self esteem, heighten mm-hmm. their cultural and community awareness, and most importantly, provide them with the tools and resources um, that will teach them how to take charge of their lives. That's our oh. mission. Awesome. And, and and by building self-esteem amongst our teens um, and definitely uh, making them aware of their environment and the culture from which they come from certainly uh, help to build stronger individuals, uh, more prideful individuals and those that are uh, that usually can be much more effective. Uh, you know, you have to know where you come from and have a love for self. Mm-hmm. in order to uh, be an active participant in society today. So that those are definitely mm-hmm. essentials that they need. I want to mm-hmm. also ask you, Judy, um, 
like what you know you your organization was established in 1995 which is awesome the fact that you're still in existence and still impacting our young people in 2020 mm-hmm. however there have been so many changes mm-hmm. uh in terms of uh issues that young people face from 1995 to mm-hmm. 2020 uh tell me about some of the trends that you've seen mm-hmm. amongst our teens um and since implementing your organization? So um, what's interesting is um, four years ago, so we've been in existence um, since 1995. So that's well over 25 years. Exactly. uh, Five years. And so one of the things that we um, used to do, um, we used to meet every single Saturday for for the first 15 years, we've mm-hmm. met every single Saturday from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. Oh, wow, so, that's fantastic. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so to your point in terms of shift, um, that's when social media um, mm. started um, taking a heavy hit. Cell phones started taking a heavy hit. Um, sports um, were taking a heavy hit. Um, and so we started to notice um, some you know, change Mm -hmm. um, with attendance, for example. So one of the things that I had to do is to be okay with learning how to pivot with the change. And so what we were able to do, and this was based upon the young people also who gave input Mm -hmm. um, on it because many of them um, couldn't come every single Saturday what happened, what I've recognized is that some of them started at the age of 13 because that's the age, 13 to 18. So we weren't accepting middle school and high school youth. And what we recognize is that in middle school, um, you don't really have um, too many uh, shifts in a child's schedule. But then when they become in high school, they're involved in other activities and they had to be active. Mm-hmm. So some of many of them were in sports. So what we did was we pivoted with the change and what did what did that look like? So instead of m- meeting every, um, well, we still met every Saturday, but instead of meeting from 10 to 2, we met, we met from 10 to 1230 instead. Oh. Okay. Okay. So you changed the time so that yes. way you could accommodate. Now with having mm-hmm. students from ages, um, I'm sorry, youth from ages 13 to 18, uh, I know that the needs, you know, between middle schoolers and high schoolers can be different. Are they mm-hmm. separated um, in groups based mm-hmm. on their ages? Uh, and what about gender as well? Okay. So what we did was, again, we ad- we ended up having to pivot in a number of different areas. Okay. So one of so the one that I shared with you just a few minutes ago was um changing the time. Mm-hmm. Um and then we also we used to have so many adults that actually used to participate, but then um over the years there were many other nonprofit organizations that were formed, which meant that all of us were pulling from the same resources. And therefore, there were a smaller amount of adults who can make a commitment to coming to um, the, the Saturday sessions. So what we did was we had peer-to-peer mentoring. So hmm. the uh, young adults were impaired with the younger 
um, generation that were actually coming on board. And that did, that worked out beautifully because it, again, so? because it showed um, young people, number one, um, how to take on leadership roles and responsibility. Um, it helped them with public speaking. It helped them with um, group planning and organizing. It helped them to, um, you know, call and pick up um, the phone and, and say, you know, Miss Jones, um, we're doing, oh, because our sessions were we focused on different themes each month. So each young adult, 11th and 12th graders, they were responsible for planning that particular month. And then they in turn also worked with some of the middle school youth to form a team. And then they came up and with what they were going to plan, how they were going to plan out that particular Saturday um, based upon the month. So if we're um, wow. focusing on environmental awareness, we would have a trip planned. We would have a person that would come in that would speak on the topic. They would do maybe a hands-on um, activity, a craft activity. It was totally up to the teens. Okay. And what, what I found really funny about TIC is again, adults always want to be in charge. And so oftentimes there are, they were the ones that wanted to tell the young people what to do. And I had to reinforce to the mentors that this is not called mentors in charge. It's called teenagers in charge. So as a mentor, you are there to support them only. And if they ask for your support and they ask for your assistance, then you can. But pretty much it was a, it was an, awesome experience right um once they understood that it was not about them it was about the young people i think that's a great way to build uh leadership skills in our young people uh creating uh you know mentor relationships with them and future mentors as well because having that opportunity so young to pair and you know work with um you know another youth you know, you, you kind of develop that later on and it can, you know, it, it helps them to start with volunteer opportunities in their future, all kinds of things that they would need um, in preparing for college applications and things like that. So I think that's, those were great ideas, great initiatives. And another thing, um, fast forwarding to 2020, mm-hmm. we are now mobile. Um, yeah. We're virtual. And so we, again, had to learn how to pivot. So instead of now, because one of the things that we wanted to do was to reach more teens. So instead of us us having the teens come to them, we actually went to where the teens. So like, for example, um, a school, like I'll use my daughter's school, um, Independence Charter School, and then she went to um, Bodine. We had um, and hosted teenagers in charge there. So wherever there were young people that wanted to take on different initiatives, particularly like community service projects, we would host those different service projects at the school. And then we would have a teenager who would take charge if you will, to lead on um, that uh, project and then get their peers involved. And then there, that school becomes um, a teenagers in charge site. Oh, that's awesome. So this is even information that they could uh, 
place on a uh, you know a resume or yes. applicate or uh, you know college application. Correct. Yeah, that's that's that, that's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Now, one of the things um, with you building all you know establishing all these uh, different ways in which to meet the needs of our young people and helping them to um, develop themselves. When you talk about uh, you know, so the impact of social media. Uh, I know, uh, even as an educator, that uh, social media can have an impact on the way our young people interact with each other, whether it be positive or negative. Uh, can you talk about some ways that Teenagers in Charge um, has used that platform of social media in terms of, you know, perhaps reaching out to um to our young people or establishing do you guys have an uh, Instagram or Facebook page? Yes. And so, yes, we do. We actually have are on all social media platforms. So Mm -hmm. we have um, Twitter, we have Instagram and we also have um, Facebook and then we have a website. So um, all of the young people, what we do is we ask them to um, follow us on um, all of the social media platforms. And then okay. um, m- many of them who like needed to do uh, community service projects, um, we would get them to um, share what they would be doing on social media. So if they're on Twitter, we ask them to share and tweet. Um, information. If they're on Instagram, we ask them to share um, information about like different upcoming events that we've done. Okay. Um, you know, one of the things that we were doing is um, we're known, we have been very well known for our theater program, um, which is called Solutions Theater. And so it's basically solving um, some problems and using theater to um as that platform to do that. Nice. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. Now, what is your, uh, how can someone find you on Twitter? Okay. So on Twitter, it's um, T-I-C since S-I-N-C-E 1995 on Facebook. We are under teenagers in charge on Instagram. We are, we are, T I C nineteen ninety five. Okay. And thank you for sharing that information. And do you guys have a website as well? Yes. And our website is www.teenagersincharge all one word dot com. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much. And listeners, please be sure to uh check those out. Um, I, I will also be sharing those, um, those, uh, addresses for you as well, um, on my, uh, on the website for sip and tea with D so that, um, you'll be able to find them. Now, Judy, what is interesting to me, you spent all these years, um, you know, getting ready, I mean, you know, preparing our, our teenagers, um, you, you know, you were able to navigate with the times uh, and continue to still, you know, be relevant despite uh, other, you know, similar organizations coming up. So now we get to, you know, present time and I have to know what prompted you uh, to become an author. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
interestingly, I didn't even know that I was going to become an author. And so um, I, in 2018, I turned 50, the big five zero. Yes. And I was so excited about the year of 50. And I just honestly, if I can be, um, went to God in prayer and asked God, you know, um, what will... 50 look like for me what mm -hmm. do you want me to do like what is my assignment right mm -hmm. and so with that um god whispered to me and said um you're going to write a book and i'm thinking wow well i i do want to write a book one day but i just didn't really see it at 50 but the more i kept praying about it god kept again, whispering to me that this is a book that you're going to write about. Um, you're going to write about something that you know. And it's almost like he was just dropping like these hints and mm. telling me like what I'm going to do. And so I just sat quietly. I went into prayer. I went into a fast and God says, and, and when I tell you, you know, um, you know, you got to be in line with the universe yes. and, and be in line, uh, be aligned with the creator. Because when you lean on him and you ask, you shall receive. And so, exactly. when, yeah, so that's mm -hmm. what actually happened. And so, um, and so I thought, I said, you know what? I mean, of course, um, I'm, I'm one to say as an author that everyone has a story. And so my first story um, when I thought about it and God allowed me to sit still, I said, you know what? I know about teenagers. That's my passion. That mm -hmm. is what I've been dedicated to for over 20, you know, like I said, 20 years, over 20 years. And God said, you're going to write a book about the teens, the lives that you've impacted, the number of young people that have come before you, thousands of young people, served thousands of young people, many of which are doing so well. They're doctors and lawyers and, wow. um, you know, some of them want to get into community service, um, psychologists, um, teachers, police officers. I mean, they are doing it well so you However, have just had an impact on so many different so young many, people so many so that many has to be an awesome people. feeling oh it's a great feeling it's a great feeling and that's what motivated me to do this book first um which is called teenagers in charge a blueprint a blueprint mm. to unmasking the greatness in you. God gave that title to me mm -hmm. God said that you're going to write this book and the purpose of the book is that you need to know that for years and to, from years back then and up to present date, many of our teenagers are muted. And when I say muted, they don't really have an opportunity to share their story. They're, mm. um, they're, no one wants to, like you mentioned earlier, no one is listening to them. Mm -hmm. um, they're basically being told what to do and not basically given an opportunity to say, well, what do you want to do? Um, they're not really able to follow their passion and their dreams. And so with the book, um, I wanted the book to be told from their point of view. So it, okay. is, it is told from first person point of view. And my inspiration came from, um, you know, the uh, chicken soup 
for the soul if you've mm-hmm. ever um yeah okay so if you've ever read any of um his books um he tells stories and so I that was my inspiration but I still wanted more than that and so in summary my book is based upon um, stories of 17 teens who shared their journey on um, homelessness, um, you know, um, depression, um, suicide, survivalship, mm. and um, all of the te- all of the um, health issues, all of the actual challenges that young people face today, and yesterday and tomorrow these are all issues that are real and so what I did I added to the book because I wanted it to be a conversation starter yeah so when so when you read the book you will actually not only will you read the book or read the stories you will now I I asked I actually added thought-provoking questions at the end of every chapter Mm -hmm. and if and um if that chapter called for more um, information, if you will. So like homelessness, I, I um, talked about after that story, we talked about that young person's um, journey um, and, and with the homelessness. Then I asked questions um, because it's supposed to be, you know, questions that you can ask yourself, right. questions that you can talk to somebody about with this peer-to-peer or adult to um, child, whoever is reading the book. And then at the very end, I provide resources that where people can get help in the event that they run into that situation with other teenagers that they know or the teenager that is inside their home. Well, I can certainly say um, the level of candor uh, in the stories that you share um, is, is astounding. Uh, and it's also, um, you know, it's thought provoking. I mean, Thank the question, yeah, yeah, the questioning, you know, questions, um, they, they provide individuals with, you know, an opportunity to really reflect. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That Definitely. was the goal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was the goal. And I'm so happy to say that we have the book in schools now. We have it in social service agencies. We have them in homes. And we're not done yet because the goal is for our listening audience to really purchase the book. Especially and where can like they purchase now. that? Where can um, they purchase so, the book? So I will, um, if you go on Amazon, um, you will be able to find the book on Amazon. And all you will have to do is type in um, the title, Teenagers in Charge, A Blueprint to Unmasking the Greatness in You. Guys, and, um, please go in. out and support. Um, okay. This is a great uh, gift, especially with a lot of young people um, mm-hmm. going away to school. Yes. With the climate of uh, our society and our country right now. This would be an awesome resource. Um, again, like I said, it's very thought provoking. Um, you know, it's very candid and open and it just gives you the opportunity to reflect. And this will actually help. I really believe uh, those who, who may not even have encountered these situations, but it'll give them a different perspective yes. on, on the, on, 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 you know, on homelessness and things like yes. that uh, from a, you know, a teenager, teenager's yeah. perspective. Yes. But um, certainly please let's go out and support um, uh, this book. It'll be a great gift uh, for a young person. Um, and it, it'll give them an opportunity again to, 
I'll just look at things from a different a different level. So Judy, thank you. I think I think this is great. Now for you to you know you, now you're this uh, published author, um, and from there you've decided to create what you call an author's brunch yes. where, you, where you help to network, um, you know, aspiring authors. Um, how did you, or why did you birth this particular initiative? So the, thank you so much for adding that. Um, the initiative in which you're speaking of is called Make Literacy Dope. Mm-hmm. And Make Literacy Dope is a platform. One of the things that I found out in being an author, a newly author, was that um, a lot of authors don't really get um, a lot of play. Um, they don't really get a lot of um, respect. I'm going to use that word um, okay. in that platform of being an author. And so writing a book, what I learned is that writing a book is that's like the least difficulty of being an author it's the marketing of the book that becomes a little bit more challenging oh wow and so yeah and so um what I wanted to do as a new a newbie author I felt that it was important for me to connect with other authors while also raising literacy awareness to children in shelter and so what I have done um we've done um a total of six make literacy dope and then just um this year actually we had a virtual conference the make literacy dope virtual conference where again you um meet different authors um you have the opportunity um with actually allowing those authors to um, hear um, different challenges and issues Mm -hmm. um, that they may have. And then they come to the space of the Make Literacy Dope Brunch um, that is an opportunity for them to hear about, okay, um, how to become an author um, because they're um, aspiring authors are also invited um, it also gives them an opportunity to learn, like, you know, how do I market a book? Um, do I want to write a children's book? Do I want to write an adult book? Do I want to write, you know, um, a book on my life? I mean, there's just like so many different options. But the most important thing that we get out of this is those authors that come to the brunch, they actually donate their books that they um, wrote. And then I, in turn, select a shelter that we give them to. And then it helps them. Yeah. And it helps to build their library because they've never had like a a library Mm -hmm. that has, that actually have books um, um, that are, you know, written by black and brown authors. Mm -hmm. So it's just a really cool way of just kind of, um, killing two birds with one stone. And I love the support and encouragement. I've actually had the pleasure uh, of attending um, your uh, author's brunch. And Thank I can you. certainly say it's inspirational. Thank you. Um, it's certainly a, a, a very a ce- celebratory environment where mm-hmm. you see literally other authors, you know, authors networking and talking to each other, encouraging one another. Uh, It really, really, and one of the other things Mm -hmm. that I'm very impressed by is that you also highlight and celebrate young authors. Yes, indeed. And we encourage um, young 
authors to basically um, write mm -hmm. um, their thoughts on um, on paper, and then it becomes, um, you know, a book. And we are very, you know, child friendly. Um, we and which is why we encourage, and we have um, another event that's going to be coming up soon. Um, but through COVID, um, you know, we'll make some adjustments. But we right. want to encourage families to basically um, work with each other so that they can all share like their journey and share like stories. Um, you know, we may have some people who are of who are adopted who may want to share that story, and it allows. And I used the adoption one because I came from the social service um, industry. Right. And, um, and, and, you know, and oftentimes those stories can be so daunting. But if you write a book, you may encourage and inspire yes. other, you know, children who were in foster care, other children who were adopted, other children who may have, um, you know, like an illness. And then you put it in illustration um, coupled with your, you know, your own journey. Mm. that may help someone exactly um, and and while also i can't forget while also increasing literacy awareness like mm -hmm. all of it all ties in together so you're helping young black and brown kids to become authors they never thought that they could become one and i'm telling you it is something special when you see your information on print it certainly is and to uh encourage a young person to do something like that it really sets uh the stage for um you know again going back to uh increasing their self-esteem and and, and mm -hmm. helping to heighten their awareness and things like that because now you know you're giving them the opportunity to use their gifts to shine yes. and to inspire other people uh, and i think that that's a great way to uh to get to get to get them involved what is the the age of the youngest uh author that you've had thus far so we had young timothy um and timothy um um, he said, "All you, all I need is love." Um, that was the name of his book, and um, he wrote a book, and he was only eight. So that was the youngest. Wow, um, that's author fantastic! That we had. Yes, yes, yes. Oh wow, eight and his years book old. Is so, and he's going to do a series um, on his book, Timothy, the young author. Yes, he was amazing, and he actually was on stage um, with the other authors when. I believe you came to when the one make literacy dope that you attended, he was there and he was absolutely amazing. I mean, absolutely amazing. And yeah, I'm going to tell you, I was blown away. I mean, just <laughs> to see really just, yeah. to, you know, because, you know, we, we uh, sometimes with um, we talked about social media earlier, sometimes with social media being so prominent and um, there's so many avenues, people forget the the art of reading and literature and the importance of the of words, you know, the re reading, reading words. And, you know, I know as a young person, I always uh, looked forward to, you know, getting a book in the mail or going to the library, mm -hmm. which, you know, a lot of mm -hmm. kids don't do anymore. Yes. And it was just the, 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 the love of reading and that opportunity to take an adventure and to learn new words and hear about new, you know, read about new experiences. And it's just, you know, refreshing to see 
and hear that people are still, you know, involved in it. They still have yes. a need for that. Yes. So that's really, really important. And again, um, it, it, it just shows um, with you having um, the passion that you have for our youth that to get them involved in these types of initiatives is awesome. Thank you. It really so is. Now, yes. and just, just talking about, um, you know, we've talked about Teenagers in Charge and, you know, all that you've done uh, with your nonprofit, as well as, you know, the work with your book. I just want to let our listeners know, um, you know, where do, where do you see uh, parental roles in, uh, in all of this? I know you've done some mm-hmm. workshops and some trainings. Yes. Talk a little bit about that. Sure. So um, one of the things that I always find important, um, I actually also, I call myself a serial entrepreneur because pretty I much basically <laughs> um, really have like a, my hands in a number of different things, but they do all tie together. Yeah. And so um, one of the things that I have been um, helpful with, um, with the shelter is um, I serve as their uh, parent. Um, facilitator, workshop facilitator in teaching um, parents um, really how to listen to their children. And so it is um, a nurturing families um, curriculum that I use. And what we have to do is just learn how to nurture our children, um, whether you are a parent, whether you're a grandparent, whether you're an auntie, an uncle, a brother, um, you have the really the um, opportunity to change the trajectory of yes. of the lives that are being um you know formed um with the young people that you serve and so with that um everything comes down to communication how we communicate with our young people allowing them again to have a voice um you can everybody has an opinion right and so it does not always necessarily have to agree with yours mm-hmm. but i really think that there's room for negotiation, there's room um, to listen, there's room to basically um, allow um, the young person to make some mistakes because last I checked, yeah, we've all failure, made mistakes. Failure <laughs> leads to success. Yes. That's the only way that you're going to know how to really um, know what, what it is that you've done wrong so that you can perfect it and really help yourself to do better and that so, is an excellent point yes, yeah yes. failure leads to success I, yes. if you don't walk away tonight with anything <laughs> listeners remember that as a parent remember that as an individual yes failure leads to success that's yes. that's, yeah, that's really important yes. And I think that, um, you know, you're, you can actually help your teenager really make some, um, some really good decisions um, just by, you know, helping them to um, see through some of the challenges. Now, granted, there are some young people, they really may not have an adult or a, a responsible adult in the household that mm-hmm. they can talk to, but there's always, I always feel like there's somebody that you can speak with. And so what we do um, with in our household is we give um, our daughter, um, ask her thought provoking questions um, that will help her to make some really good decisions. Mm. And so, um, yeah, I mean, so like, for example, if you say something as simple as, well, I want to change, you know, my bank account, because I don't like the one that I have. Okay, that's fine. So with that, you need to do your research, you need to find out which one have 
high fees, which one has low fees, which one is going to be close to your campus, which one is going to be close to, um, you know, the one that you currently have that's compatible with what you Mm -hmm. currently have. And therefore, I'm not the one making the decision you are. And that's so important, especially for, you know, again, going back to, you know, it's, you know, a lot of students are going off to college now and a lot of them are experiencing, they're going to be experiencing being on their own Mm -hmm. and you're, you're developing decision, uh, critical thinking, decision making in your child, you know, it's so important that we know that we do that. Um, you know, I'm not a parent, but I'm an educator. I'm an aunt, I'm a a cousin, you know, Uh uh, you know, these things, it's important. And, and one of the things, you know, even talking about earlier, uh, and how, uh, you develop teenagers in charge, the thing that stood out is the fact that you listen to, the young people. And that's what we have to take away from this. You know, it's important to really, really listen to them, you know, allow them to make their own decisions, help to develop those things in them because Mm -hmm. they're not, you're not going to always be there. They're going to need to be able to think critically and make decisions for themselves that may be at be impactful. And then on top of that, they may even fail but they need to Mm -hmm. know that it's okay you know like you said earlier failure is it leads to success leads to success it really does it does it does and that's what we need to um to make sure that we uh emphasize and Mm -hmm. you know that we drive that point home to our young Mm -hmm. people uh judith i just want to say thank you for joining us here at sipping tea with d this evening um this has been a very very insightful discussion uh, <laughs> i hope that our listeners again uh, especially those uh that are parents that you take these away these takeaways with you and start to implement them in your own household um I also um, encourage you to get the book. It is entitled Teenagers in Charge, A Blueprint to Unmasking the Greatness in You. Uh, And Judy, they can purchase this on your website. Yes, they can purchase it on my website. And can you give that web address again, please? Yes, um, it's www.teenagersincharge.com. Or if you are on Instagram, all of my links are in my bio and the Instagram link um, or my Instagram handle is at TIC1995. Awesome. Awesome. Again, if you have any questions, listeners, uh, please be sure to use, uh, leave a message on the message board. I would love to hear um, your, your thoughts and opinions on this evening's episode. Um, if you, um, just want to, you know, get, you know, get some more information. If you have additional questions for Judy, you're welcome to leave those on the message board as yes, well. Absolutely. Please, yes. And please be sure to follow, uh, sipping tea with D on Instagram at, at sipping, no G sipping <laughs> underscore sipping T underscore with underscore d d e e uh we're also on facebook and please make sure you subscribe on the anchor app and share this information with your networks again have a great evening 
Thank you, Miss McDaniel. Oh, this was wonderful. So wonderful. And I thank you so much. Oh, and you're welcome. You're welcome. Yes, I love it. And I and I just really um hope and pray that um our parents could just listen to their children and just if nothing else, um, two things I'll leave you with. Um, failure leads to success and always as a parent or an auntie and uncle or surrogate ask your young person how can I support you awesome <laughs> she's still dropping those gems guys <laughs> so, no be sure no definitely yes, definitely still dropping you. those gems have thank a great so evening yes. this is Deirdre Simmons your host at Sipping Tea with D have a good night thank you so much God bless